wanted to start today's episode by sharing with you a brief extract from my recently published book, Add a Zero. There is a significant and considered difference between businesses that do okay and companies that do far better than okay. And it starts way before the doors open for the first time and the business begins to trade. If you want you and your business to do well, achieve great things and provide significantly for you and your family and your employees and the community, it has to be more than a business. It has to have a why. A why. And I'm not necessarily talking about the Simon Sinek perception of start with why, although that's an exceptional read. I'm talking about having a mission. So, you're a business owner dedicated to the significant and sustainable growth of both you and your business. Welcome to the Add a Zero podcast. Now, when I work with businesses, I often say to them that it starts with your why. Your why is the business owner. What is it that ignites your fire? What is it that gets you out of bed every morning? What's the motivation? What's the reason? Not only for being in business, but being in the business that you're in. What are you trying to achieve? You see, so many people have this perception that their business is their job. That it's theirs to be able to provide for them. And don't get me wrong. There's a need to be able to have a provision. But if that's our motive, we've lost the real point of the opportunity we have by being a business owner. We've got to have a vision of what we want to achieve. We have to to understand as to what does success mean to us? What does that word mean to us as a business owner? Because ironically, the word success, although in the dictionary has got a very defined definition, It means something completely different to almost everybody I've ever spoken to. For some, success is all about the money. It's all about having a multitude of zeros in the bank account in order to be able to go off and do X, Y and Z. For others, it's about the freedom. Success is about not being tied into something, about not having to do the 9 to 5 Monday to Friday, to have a capacity that the business continues to operate without them being present. For others, it's about the impact, about being able to see what they do in their business and the impact it has on others, about being able to solve a worldwide problem. And for others, it's either a combination of all of those or none of those at all. But what does the word success means to you as a business owner? Because until you have clarity on why you're doing what you're doing, you're continually chasing everybody else with the hope that it might lead to whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. It's driving blind. So first of all, in order to be able to create a mission statement within the business, you have to have a mission statement within your life. You have to understand as to why do you do what you do in the way that you do for who you do it for. You have to understand as to your personal why, as to why this is so important to you. And then 
we can look to be able to create a business why, a business mission that helps and contributes and supports towards it. I need to share a story with you that goes back to 2008. At the time, I was the managing director of a health and safety company. We were doing okay. In fact, we were doing more than okay. We'd won some awards. The business was growing, growing quite aggressively. We were being quite disruptive in the health and safety space. It was at a time where health and safety was probably more, v uh, more revered than the taxman. All of those times where it's, oh no, you can't do that, health and safety. The whole perception of the industry was of stoppers, of preventers, of people that said, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that because. You're not allowed to do that anymore because. So we challenged the industry, we challenged people's perception of what health and safety was there for. And we ended up with a, an unofficial strapline, the men that like to say yes. A little bit of a play on Del Monte, who ironically had an office and offices and a production plant, probably a stone's throw from where we were first based. We wanted to be in an industry and challenge the norms, the perceptions, the expectations of what health and safety was and being able to say well you can do that this is how and we set out with our missions to be able to change people's perception of what health and safety was there for we wanted to be able to challenge people's beliefs however in late 2008 all of that changed when having taken on a new members of a number of new members of staff in order to honour a new contract, only for the contract to then fail. We were providers to Woolworths when Deloitte's made the decision that Woolworths was no longer fit to trade and closed Woolworths. And over the period of about five or six minutes and a phone call from some junior office clerk in Deloitte to advise that the invoices that we had outstanding were simply not going to get paid. The impact of which is something that's resonated with me every day since then. And realising that in order for the business to survive, for our businesses to survive as a result of no fault of our own, but of chasing a dream, of chasing something to be able to make a real difference, that we were now at risk of failure ourselves. And in order to survive, we were gonna to have to cut the cloth and cut it quite severely and make seven redundancies. And I've got to tell you, to this day, that was probably the, one of the most painful things I've ever, ever had to do. Knowing that months earlier, just a few months earlier, we'd advertised and interviewed and recruited and appointed Good people, people with qualifications and skills and experiences that had left good jobs because of our promise. The opportunity that we presented them with that took them away from the safety net of wherever it was that they'd been working previously to come and work with us. And yet through no particular fault of my own, just a few months later we were having to say, I'm sorry but it hasn't worked out, we're going to have to let you go. And I knew from that moment onwards that if I was going to continue to be an employer and take on new members of staff, 
either in this business or in any other subsequent business, I knew that I had to understand how to de-risk our business, that I never had to be in that position ever again. I never, ever, ever want to take somebody on with the promise and the premise of an opportunity to then subsequently say, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Not necessarily because you didn't pull your weight, but because the opportunity got taken away from us. I needed to understand as to how did we make the errors within our own business that left us so exposed and so at risk that subsequently when somebody else failed, it put us at risk of failure. And how do we reduce that? I've always been a believer that whilst they say that success leave cl leaves clues, my God, does failure leave so many more. But so many people are so reticent to be willing to look at failure and understand and examine it because they're so busy trying to chase success. And at a time where there are so many people out there trying to sell their course and their opportunity and their masterclass and their keynote program and whatever else it is that they're offering with regards to the secret blueprints to success, it worked for me and therefore it might work for you. Now don't get me wrong, there's some great people out there with some great opportunities but it always concerns me with regard to the fact that we've done well out of this, we've accelerated, we've grown and scaled, and now we're going to show you what we did without any real consideration or review with regards to, will that work for you? Will that work for you in your business, in your industry, in your sector? Just because it worked for us doesn't automatically make it translatable. I needed to understand what causes failure and to prevent failure, or at least reduce the risk of failure for me and my new business. And to do that, a few years later, after we'd uh, recovered from the, uh, from the devastation that being a supplier to Woolworths left us with, and I'd sold the business on, I set out to be able to understand two things. First of all, how do I de-risk my own business that if I ever, ever take on a new member of staff, I'm able to confidently offer them a career and not a job? And then subsequently, how do you get to 4 billion turnover, employ over 27,000 people and have 880 stores across the UK to become a national brand name and then subsequently fail? And for that, I needed to submit a subject access data request to Deloitte and look at the data that they'd used to close Woolworths. And what was startling was how evident the problems were within Woolworths. How blatant some of the concerns were that had been discussed in minuted meetings for not just weeks and months, but years before the end of closing. There wasn't just an elephant in the room, there was a whole herd of elephants in the room that no one was willing to address. They were so busy concentrating on trying to grow that they failed to recognise that they were on wet sand, they were on quicksand. The foundations were crumbling underneath the business that no one was willing to stop and address. And it first sparked my interest that said, this can't be unique to Woolworths. There has to be others that are going through the same pains and for some reason not addressing them. High street brands were dropping like flies in the 
2000-2010 period and I needed to understand as to is this unique or are there some lessons to be learnt? Because like I say, although success leaves clues, failure leaves so many more clues that nobody else seems to be wanting to address and look at and consider. So over the next four years, myself and a team of data analysts looked at over 150 national business failures and the data that supported the failure. Not necessarily looking at the superficial stuff with regards to what eventually caused the business to fail. At the end of the day, a business fails because it either goes broke or grows broke. One way or the other, it runs out of cash. I wanted to understand far more fundamentally what was not in place in those businesses that allowed that to happen. What people or systems or processes were lacking or missing or not being followed that enabled that to become the result. And for that, I needed to go deeper. I needed to start asking a series of questions to establish, but if this had been in place, that wouldn't have been possible. If this person would have been placed and these roles and responsibilities and this ro the, these processes and systems, we could have had dashboards that alerted us to this so much earlier that prevented that from being the outcome. So once we'd established a series of questions, I now needed to understand as to, so how big does a business have to get before these problems become relevant and when they become relevant, why don't we simply stop and do something about it? Why don't we put the, the brakes on and, and hold for a minute and say, hang on a minute, at the speed of growth that we're going, these are the concerns that are likely to be a problem in the future. Let's just slow down a minute and address these in order that as we continue to grow, it doesn't create a bottleneck. Why is it that no one was looking at the problems that causes things to happen in the future? How do we go back to root cause and understand how to minimise that, to prevent it, to circumnavigate around it? And for that, I needed to be able to survey smaller businesses. Smaller businesses in every sector, in every industry, and geographically spread across the whole country to understand, have you got these in place? And if not, why not? And when would you put them in place? Because these are likely to be the outcomes. And as a result we found some fundamental flaws across the majority of businesses. And it's this that spurred me to write our mission statement. In 2015, the United Nations met in order to be able to determine and discuss and create what is now known as the 17 UN Global Sustainability Goals. The UN have identified the 17 problems that humans face in order to be able to sustain life on this planet. They've looked at things that are causing monumental problems and hurdles and preventatives that are likely to cause at some stage in the future, in the next few generations, unless we do something about it because of the speed of acceleration, us to become extinct on this planet. And one of those is about fair employment. One of those is about being able to create jobs and enable us to move out of poverty, to change the difference between the richest and the poorest and to start becoming some form of 
norm that says we have the right to be able to generate an income to sustain ourselves. And that starts to inspire me. You see, I went back, once the, the global goals came back, came out in 2015, I went back immediately to 2008 and remembered as a business owner as to how painful I'd found it to be able to take away the salary and the opportunity and the job that I'd created for seven employees. And I thought, hang on a minute, I never ever want to be in a position again where I offer employments to somebody to subsequently say, I'm really sorry, but you put your faith in me and it hasn't worked out. For one reason or another, I'm unable to continue to fulfill the promise of a job, of employment. You'll have to find it elsewhere. I don't ever want to be in that position again, and I don't want any other business owner to be in that position either. There's a big difference between saying, I'm sorry, but you don't cut the mustard and you're not pulling your weight, compared to you're doing everything possible and it's still not good enough. So I set out to be able to create a mission, a mission that I believe in and a mission that inspires my team to be able to do more. We've set out, we, through the Add a Zero Business Challenge, to be able to support a million business owners to add a zero to their business. Now, you might question, why a million? Why not the six million business owners, SME business owners, that are in the UK? Why not 150,000 business owners that are in your local community? Why a million? Why have you picked that particular figure? It's not because, you know, when I retire, I want to be a millionaire. It's not about that, that seven-figure milestone that so many people get hang up on. In 2017, once we'd finished conducting all of our research and understanding the impact and how many business owners are at risk, our research suggests 86% of SME business owners have at least one flaw, one of the three fundamental flaws that we've identified, that put them at risk and vulnerable as they continue to grow their business. 86% of SMEs already have a potential flaw in the business that is either going to prevent them from growing or as they try and push through that create, creates the bottleneck that they try and aggressively at attack and, and work through is likely to put them at risk of failure, of growing broke. And we needed to be able, once we've got this research, we needed to be able to share it with more and more people. So why a million? Well, in 2017 in the UK, the government and the news was forecasting and suggesting that about 960,000 people in the UK were unemployed. And I set out to say, what if, what if we could provide the help and the support, the systems, the processes, the people guidance, telling people what you need to have in place, why you need to have it in place, the risk of not having it in place. What happens if we could provide this to a million business owners to help add a zeros to their business? However, like I said, when we started doing the research at the very beginning, it wasn't about the overall cause of failure. I wanted to understand the root cause that enabled that failure to continue, it enabled that failure to, to materialise at some stage in the future. I wanted to get back down to the root cause. 
And just as we've created this mission that says I want to be able to support a million business owners to add a zero to their business, the root is if I can help a million business owners to grow sufficiently that they add a zero to their business, they're more than likely going to need to take on another member of staff. They're more than likely going to have to increase their headcount by at least one, even if only for somebody else to be looking after the business while you're out there enjoying life by the new level of funds that the business now generates for you. It's more than likely that by growing the business financially, we're also going to grow it in terms of headcount by at least one. And if we could support a million business owners to grow by at least one employee each, then collectively we have the capacity to eradicate unemployment in the UK. We have the capacities to be able to generate more jobs than there are people seeking employment and offer employment to anyone that wants a job. Now that's a mission. That's something worth getting out of bed for every morning. And knowing that you're contributing towards a change in the way that we operate as a business, as a community, as a body of people that can come together and collectively eradicate one of the UN global, global sustainability goals in this country. And for me, that's the business mission. Now, let's just quickly go back to the very beginning and tie it all together. As a business owner, you, as an individual, need to have a why. You need to have something that mo motivates you every moment of every day that says, this is why I am doing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it in the way that I'm doing it. The industry that I'm in, the sector I'm in, the, the manner in which we do business. This is, what, this is what's important to me. This is my mission statement. This is what I want to achieve. This is what the word success means to me. And then we write a business mission statement that helps and contributes and support, supports towards that. Now the two shouldn't be the same. It shouldn't be the business's mission to be able to create success in your life and that's it. You see, the problem with that is the fact that the moments that you've created your success, the business has lost direction. The business has reached its destination also, because if the business's mission is to be able to help you be successful, and the business's vision is for your success, then once you've achieved success, the business has achieved its goal also. And if you've taken on employees, that leaves them almost redundant. You see, as an ethical coach, I strongly believe, vehemently believe, that if you choose to offer employment to somebody else, then you have a responsibility to create a career for them, not just a job. You have a responsibility to be able to enable them to have a vision and some values and a culture that contributes beyond your involvement in the business, that creates the legacy to which the business continues to go and grow and develop beyond your level of success. Whatever success means to you, 
that the business has capacities to be able to achieve beyond that. And therefore it might be that you say, I want to achieve this level of success in the next five years, but that becomes the first milestone of the business's vision and values to be able to achieve so much more than that in the next 50 years. And therefore, if we get a team of people that are inspired by the business mission, then on its way to achieving that, it helps to create and succeed yours. I'm so, so passionate and believer in everything that we're now doing within Zero and the impact it has on the people and, and, and processes and systems that are in businesses that enable them to grow. That I've chosen to be able to dedicate the Zero process to the 50 million people the world over that every year take the brave step to set up their own business. The 41.5 million every year across the world that set up a business from scratch. The 5.5 million that purchase a company for the first time. And the 7 million that inherit a business through either a family or friends or as a gift. Those who have the traits required not to be an employee, but to instead take the path less well-travelled. Those who have the discipline the confidence and the competitive spirit to keep going. The open-mindedness and creativity to find and exploit a niche. The passion, people skills and ethics to deliver something that makes a difference in the world. Successful entrepreneurs want to see what the view is like at the top of the business mountain. But once they see it, they want to go further. I've dedicated the Add a Zero Business Challenge and the ongoing experience and knowledge and research to everyone that takes part in order to enable them to achieve their success mountain, their success summit. What does the word success mean to them and how do we enable them to achieve it significantly and sustainably? And therefore, as I close this episode, I implore you, as a business owner, to share the opportunity with as many other business owners as possible to access our free scalability audit. We've conducted the research. Over 115,000 SME businesses have now conducted this survey to understand the current scale vulnerability of them and their business. We're inviting you to be able to take part in that survey also. It's simply a five or ten minute questionnaire where we'll ask you 30 questions about you and your business. And in return, we'll give you a bespoke and in-depth report based on our research of over 150 national failures and over 115,000 other surveys and other, other, other business owners. The current scale vulnerability of your business. And some pointers as to where you might want to give consideration and strengthen and time to review right now. So you're not building a business that has a bottleneck, that has a glass ceiling. You're not building this skyscraper that's built on crumbling foundations. 
you simply visit www.adazero.co.uk and then click on the tab at the top that says free scale audit. We're gifting you this report in order to be able to, to inform more people of the current risk they run if they continue to grow a business without knowing the people, systems and processes that need to be in place and the dashboards that you need to give considerations to in order to drive your business forward sustainably, ethically and continually. I want to be able to help as many people as possible know what the risks are and then should some of the people that we've informed wish us to help and support them to be able to overcome those, then we have our coaching programmes. But for now, I'm simply inviting you as a business owner to take the report and to understand more consciously the risks that you may be already suffering, or at least that may be in the future, and how to avoid them. Thanks very much. I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. As always, we really thank you for listening and welcome your comments, thoughts, and suggestions. So please do drop us a line by emailing podcast at mytruenorth.biz. And don't forget, if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening to this through and tell your colleagues and business network all about who we are. You've been listening to the Add a Zero podcast presented by Jay Allen, brought to you in association with My True North, the UK's leading ethical coaching company.